Well, good morning, church. Good morning to anybody and everybody who is tuning in uh, this fine Sunday morning. Uh, my name is Steve Tinning. I'm one of the ministers at Lee Road Baptist Church. We're really delighted that you can be with us uh, today. Lots of people already tuning in and saying hi in the chat on YouTube and, and Facebook. Uh, if you haven't done that yet and you're able to, please do say hi. And it's great to see who's, who's tuning in. These words then as we begin our worship come from Psalm 9 verses 1 and 2. I will praise you, Lord, with all of my heart. I will tell of all the marvellous things that you have done. I will, fill, I will be filled with joy because of you. I will sing praises to your name, O Most High. Great and wonderful God, despite our continued isolation, we come together this morning to be with each other and to be with you. With joy and wonder, we celebrate your goodness and your love. We come this morning conscious of our own sinfulness, but rejoicing in your mercy, all too aware of our unworthiness to be your children and yet celebrating your extravagant forgiveness and warm embrace. We come to worship you, not just for these few moments as we tune in online, but in all our actions, all our words and deeds through the people we are and the lives that we live. For all the ways we have failed to live as your people, Lord, forgive us. Lead us closer to you and teach us your will, so that what we say with our lips may be truly reflected in our lives, to the glory of your name. Receive our worship now, we pray, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity of worship, strange though it is. Thank you for the freedom an ability to be among your family in this way, meeting together in your house, because our house is your house, our home, your home. Thank you that in worship we can put aside the uncertainties of this world and rest upon the certainties of your kingdom, because your promises are not changeable. They are immovable and eternal. Lord, in this world of uncertainty, concerns and worries, help us to find peace in your presence. Find healing, wholeness and refreshment, even this morning. And to carry that forward into the world in which we live. Thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity to worship and for the warmth of your love. Amen. Andrew, good morning. Good morning, Steve, and good morning to everyone else. It's good to see you all this morning. How are you, Steve? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. It's very, um, I'm not going to mention the weather and I'm going okay, to resist good. mentioning the rugby, which I'm sure you'll be delighted about. Well, um. no. <laughs> Alan, Alan's already mentioned it in the chat, but it's gone. It's a new oh. day. Oh, it's a new that, day. I so, wondered what uh, that Italy well, reference was about. We'll move on. <laughs> That's good. So we're continuing in our uh, theme this morning, our extravagant God theme. And you're going to be sharing a little bit later on. But as always... Uh, yeah. We like to set a question, a question, set something for conversation. And this uh, week you've chosen, again, a, a wonderful thing that will hopefully... Yeah, so we want okay. to know what's the best surprise you've ever received or you've ever had. Uh, tell us on the chat and uh, uh, let's just engage with that, uh, with that question. So uh, I'm going to ask you straight up, Steve, what's the best surprise you've ever received? Um... Cool. Uh, Lauren threw a surprise birthday for me once, which um, was really 
overwhelming because of the effort and energy that she put into it and the effort and energy friends had had gone to to travel to be with it it feels weird talking about parties now and I can't I think it might I think it was my 30th and she did it for which was just it just that was only last week wasn't it (laughs) oh I wish um yeah sort of um yeah so that that was that's the one that sort of stands out in my memory I'm I'm not one for big surprise you know I'm, I, I like surprises obviously yeah 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 yeah, yeah it's been good uh, do you want me to ask you now or should I hold well, off for later uh, go on yeah, leave it for later okay, anyway okay, you've okay. got to, you've been talking to someone really interesting this week and we're going to see that aren't we yeah we are so we've been doing a, a few interviews we haven't done one for a few weeks now but just about um, people whose industries have been affected uh, mm-hmm. by COVID uh, and it's part of this um, what are we doing tomorrow series but what we're doing tomorrow has changed significantly for a lot of people and yeah. for this person that is especially true. His name's Jonathan, some of you will remember him from when he was a member at at, um, at Lee Road but uh, I think it's best we just play the video, it'll all be self-explanatory so over to that. Okay, hi Jonathan. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us for this uh, Sunday service. How are you doing? It's nice to 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 be back at, at Lee Road, albeit virtually. That's great. Well, it, it, we're delighted to have you, Jonathan. For those of you that um, uh, you know either weren't here or just didn't meet you when you were part of of Lee Road, uh, tell us a bit about who you are. Um, you know how you came to be with us at Lee Road for that short while, and 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 maybe a little bit about what you do now, and just introduce us to what you're doing now. Uh, yeah, so I'm Jonathan Andrew Hume. I'm an ex-member of Lee Road Baptist Church. I've said ex-member, not I wasn't thrown out. Um, I, I haven't left the faith. I just moved. <laughs> I'm now in southeast London. Um, yeah, so I had a lovely, lovely time um, up in Lee Road when I lived in um, uh, Leon C for about just just over a year, um, and uh, it's it as I'm sure everybody there knows, it's a beautiful, beautiful place and I miss it very, very dearly. Um, however, it just doesn't lend itself in terms of logistics into getting to work. Um, and yeah. for work, I'm a, I'm an actor, primarily a stage actor. So um, my work t- takes me to the West End. Many people won't know, but when I met Jonathan and asked him what he did for a living, he had that same sort of coy nervousness about telling me what he did because he's that sort of humble guy. But um, historically, you were the lead character, the lead actor in in The Lion King in the West End in Singapore as well. And and what's the show that before lockdown you were were taking part in? Uh, So the show um, is a musical in the West End called Come From Away and we were fortunate enough to uh, the year before lockdown when we when we first opened we were really lucky to have won best musical in the Olivier Awards um, that year um, among other awards that we had Um, and it's this beautiful beautiful story that's about human kindness generosity uh, demonstrations of humanity at its best um, the show is about um, it tells a story of the five days um, after 9-11 um, obviously the terrorist attacks that happened in the states um, were completely horrible and harrowing but at the time uh, there were all of these planes that were still in the air whilst the the attack happened and they all had to go somewhere because america shut down the airspace and 35 of those planes went to this um tiny town in gander newfoundland which is in canada 
it's literally this tiny dot on the atlas um, and they flew into that airport and um, literally with all of the passengers and the staff on those planes they doubled the population of that town um, overnight 7,000 of people they, they took them all in um, they fed them they clothed them they counseled them they just showed them complete and utter kindness and generosity and didn't ask for a thing over those five days they uh, let people into their homes, they gave them phones so they could try and call home, use their computers, clothe them. Um, yeah. And it, it they yeah. had, obviously you can imagine the people on these planes, there were people from so many different demographics, different religions, different uh, races, and um, there was, there were no bias, there was no racism, there were no um, uh, sense of persecution against anybody. and. It's this. It's this tiny little town basically showed the world how to act in those five days. Well, it's an incredible um, story. When you pitched it to me, when you told me about it as a musical about nine eleven, I, I must confess I got a bit nervous. Um, as, uh, as, I, was I, as was I when I read the for it, I thought this is not going to work. <laughs> so I, I went to see it. Um, a, well, must be a year and a half ago now, and it was only because I was in London on a day, and I'd promised you I'd come to see it, so I got one of those. Yeah tickets at the last minute thing was five rows back from the front sat on my own next to another woman who was on her own who happened to be Canadian and was a, a visitor to the country uh, uh, that week and it was just wonderful to share the experience with her and it also happened to be and I swear I didn't even notice this until I'd sat in my seat it was the anniversary of 9-11 on the day when yeah. I came to see it so it was an incredibly impactful story and if you haven't seen it if you don't know anything about it please do look it up and obviously when when things do return to normal, um, I couldn't encourage you more to go and see this story about um, about human kindness and generosity of spirit, and actually what it means to be a welcoming community. A lesson mm. that we as a church would would do well to learn a lot about. Your industry is one that has been hit hugely uh, by COVID. Could you just tell us a little bit about the experience of what it's been like for you and your friends and colleagues through the last year? Well, uh, it's it's been very very hard. Uh, um, as as everybody knows, you know, once COVID hit and the government stepped up and you know put into place uh, the furlough system and and uh, and all of that sort of stuff, there was a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel for some people. People kind of figured out how they were able to continue on and pay their rent and you know get groceries and do all of the things that we you know pretty much take for granted for every single day however the the gig economy the freelancers and self-employed out there were very much left behind um they're with universal credit and with all of those other you know bursaries and things like that there are a lot of stipulations as to who is able to access them and i know myself uh, a lot of other people have been turned away turned down um been ineligible to actually get any help whatsoever um and you know people are now dipping into their savings and not knowing how long it, they're going to have to be doing that um there are um a number of people in our that i know personally who have been fortunate enough to go and get the odd job stacking shelves at Tesco's or, you know, 
something very similar uh, or like Amazon driving or something like that. But as you can obviously imagine, there are thousands and thousands of people out there in our industry who are desperate for jobs like that just to make ends meet. Um, And the majority of people can't get it. Even now to this day, there are still a lot of people who are, you know, facing a lot of struggles. And I know people who have actually had to say goodbye to the business and, you know, have to figure out how they're going to make ends meet a different way because they just can't do what they they trained their life to do. It's brutal. And and, and there may be some watching that sort of look at the entertainment industry as, as one that's um, uh, beyond requirement. But I think all of us have witnessed in recent um, weeks and months uh, the, the mental health impact of this entire journey. And Indeed. stories like the one that, that you have the privilege of, of sharing with, with members of the public day in, day out, I can't help but feel will be the injection of, of hope and life that uh, would be so beneficial to society at the moment. So thank you for sharing everything about that. I'm just going to wrap it up now, if that's okay, Jonathan. But, of course. but please do pass on our love and thoughts to your friends and your colleagues. And, and perhaps you could just leave us with one or two prayer requests that we can carry forward and anything even practical that we could do to support you and your friends and colleagues in this difficult time. Uh, well, practically, there are there are a number of uh, charities out there that are um, focusing on people in the theatre and entertainment industry. Um, there is the Theatre Support Fund. Um, there is the Actors Benevolence Fund. Those are really, really helping um, a lot of people who are in those those hard situations, and they're able to get some bursaries, able to pay their rent, able to to get the bare necessities. Um, I would say my my prayer request is really um, for, for the, in, in terms of the industry, we all put our trust in God and we know that he has, he has our back and we know that everything has uh, a reason. I would love to pray for patience and for strength and uh, for understanding also. Um, and just some sort of, um, peace over the worries of everybody in those situations um that's wonderful we'll be assured of those prayers we'll pray for you in the service as as we leave this interview uh now but thank you so much for your time and don't be a stranger if you ever find yourself in south end bring your bring your little boy down to the seaside in the spring in the summer it'd be great to see you 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 take care i'll be there definitely all right god bless bye now Well, there you go. Thank you, Jonathan, for, for that um, for that interview. A couple of people have already commented. Judy has said, come from away is the best musical I've ever seen. Uh, Cecilia said, my cousins in New Finland were amongst those who provided hospitality. They had uh, to operate a shift system for beds. It is a truly remarkable story. We don't get paid to advertise, I assure you, but when all of this comes to an end, please do uh, seek it out. Let's pray for Jonathan and his colleagues now. Loving God, at this difficult time, we are in desperate need of stories that bring us hope and inspiration. And so we thank you for the people of New Finland who, in the moment of crisis, were able to show tremendous compassion and hospitality to all of those in such great need. We pray that as a church, we would be able to mimic some of that generosity and kindness 
that you embodied so well through your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for Jonathan. We pray uh, for the witness that he is to his friends and colleagues in that show and in the wider industry. We thank you for his faith in you and his obedience in following you and your will. And we pray for all those things that he asked for, for patience, for uh, peace, Lord, for some sense of hope. And we just ask that, uh, that you would make your presence known amongst that, that, um, that team of people in the Phoenix Theatre. We thank you that there is hope for them, that, that things are changing and that the light is coming at the end of this long, dark tunnel. And we just pray that you give them this uh, hope and this patience to be able to see through these last weeks and months before they can be drawn back together and bring this story to the world. We thank you for them in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to hand over to Andrew now as he's going to continue our, our theme uh, of our extravagant God. Thank you, Andrew. Over to you. Thanks, Steve. It was great to see Jonathan and to hear what he's been up to since uh, we last saw him uh, a while ago now. So if you've been with us for the last few weeks, you'll know that uh, we've been looking at what an extravagant God we have. And we've been doing that through uh, the story of two brothers or the prodigal son or the extravagant God. You can call it any of those things. Most of us know it's a story of uh, two sons and a father, the youngest son, takes his inheritance, he blows it, he messes up his life, he has to come home and he comes uh, back in a very repentant way but his, his father won't hear anything of it and he restores him and he welcomes him back and at the same time his older brother who stayed there and worked hard for him has the hump, in fact it's more than the hump, he really doesn't like what's happening, he doesn't like what's happened with his younger brother or his father and it's the story of these three characters and so we pick that up as Julie comes and reads a section of that story for us this morning. Thanks, Julie. Morning, everyone. Today we're reading from Luke 15, verse 25 to 32. Meanwhile, the elder son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The elder brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you, yet you never gave me even the young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because your brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Now back to Andrew. Storytelling is a part of uh, most cultures history. That's how uh, messages were passed on from generation to generation. And it's still a key part of any culture today. We've been hearing uh, from Jonathan uh, and the story that he's involved in telling through the show that he's involved with. And there's a good reason why this sto short story of the two brothers pulls at the heartstrings of so many people. 
And the reason it does that, it's because we recognize ourselves in this story. It's a model of great literature on multiple levels. The message of the extravagant God is an immersive story, as we said last week. One in which we live and find a sense of belonging. It's not primarily a cerebral uh, event. It's not a matter of reading and understanding, but of living. It's about immersing ourselves in our story and the story of God and how they match up together. Because he says here, everything I have is yours. Now, for these two men, the two sons, their entire future now completely is dependent on the mercy of their father. One had messed up and yet was remorseful. The other was disrespectful, haughty and self-righteous. Now, this father was truly eager to initiate forgiveness and reconciliation with both his sons, between him and the sons and the two sons together. Yet the sons had done nothing whatsoever really to atone for their respective wrongdoing. However, the father's forgiveness was full and lavish. He did that irrespective of what they had done. Nothing was held back. Everything I have is yours. Now, oblivious to his own reputational standing, the father was showing the younger son, was showering the younger son with honour after honour, the cloak, the robe, signs that he was once again the noble's son. Oblivious to his own reputational standing, the father was pleading with the older son, put your feelings to one side, come into the feast and celebrate and act like an older brother should. Now, this is the picture of the extravagant God and his extravagant gift of grace. Why? Because grace changes everything. Now, what if we received God's grace? What would it look like for you and for me? One definition of grace is this. It's God's outrageous and extravagant blessing given freely to a totally undeserving recipient. God's outrageous and extravagant gift, his blessing given freely to a totally and undeserving recipient. That's the story. That's the picture. That's what's happening here in this account that we read that Jesus was telling. It's scandalous when you think about it. It's too good to be true. It's what people it's what's it's what makes people say, no, that could never happen. Yet the Bible says it does happen. Grace is when God says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to really shock people. And I'm going to shock them by giving out something so outrageous and irrational that when it hits them, it's going to cause a spiritual explosion in their lives that will change them forever. When we know what we deserve, yet we get something more wonderful than we could ever earn in a thousand lifetimes. That's God's grace explosion. That's his extravagant gift of grace. 
And that's exactly what happened to both these sons in Jesus' story. It was totally irrational. Now, we have here a grace explosion. Because of the father's extravagant offer of grace, both these men had the chance of a changed life. For you and I, for us, until an explosion of grace occurs in our lives, we'll never really understand God's grace. In this story, the father sacrifices his own reputation so that he could offer this extravagant gift of grace to his two sons. The point here is that forgiveness always involves a price. So what's the cost for us to have God's grace? Well, on our behalf, Jesus, the Son of God, paid the price with his life to satisfy God's justice requirements. Because of that act, God can offer the gift of forgiveness and recovery and say, here it is. Here's grace. Who wants it? Who needs it? Who will claim it? Now, the truth is God delights in offering his pardon. And where we're offered grace, we gain a sense of hope. It's a part of God's extravagant nature. Grace giving does that. It relieves people from having to pay and pay. Grace invites people back into a relationship with God and others that they've offended. In a system where there's grace, dreams and not nightmares define our lives. If we get some spam mail in our inbox on our devices or we get some junk mail through our letterbox from the post person that tells us all we have to do is to turn up at Marks and Spencer's at Lakeside and claim a free car once lockdown has finished obviously we know it sounds too good to be true so how can we accept this offer of God's grace because it sounds far too good to be true instead of defining our relationship with God by our own efforts if we receive God's grace, watch in amazement as God draws near of his own accord and hope will nourish us. A contemporary poet has penned these words. We would be in big trouble if karma was going to finally be our judge. All of us would be in deep trouble. It doesn't excuse our mistakes, but I'm holding out for God's grace. Grace is the central theme of the Bible. It's the central theme of the Christian faith. Taking grace out of the Bible would be like taking speed away from a racehorse. There wouldn't be much left. We will never stop being younger brothers or older brothers until we truly recognize and accept the need of God's grace. So who is it that we need? The extravagant God and his grace is who we need. Let me pray. Father God, we thank you for this surprise. 
this extravagant gift of your grace. And in our story, we see it offered to both sons. Lord, we thank you that we can accept that. We can know something of who you are truly by accepting your grace. No questions asked. Help us to do that, we pray. Amen. Wow, thank you so much for that, Andrew. I'll, um, I'll come on to talk about the significance of what I think you've shared this morning in a moment. But just before we do that, let's just go to the, um, go to the comments that people have been making around the surprises that they've experienced. Uh, our friends, the crazy cello lady, says one of the best surprises I've had was a couple of years ago when our son Matthew turned up at church unexpectedly. He was living in London at the time and it was so good to see him. I can't imagine uh, the, 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 the beauty of it. It's such a thoughtful surprise as well, just not to tell his parents but to, to turn up. Um, Andy said that he was taken to London to record a single uh, at Abbey Road Studios as a birthday surprise, which is just, uh, again, a very thoughtful, beautiful gift. Angela said, when our family threw a surprise 40th anniversary party for us. Um, and then there's a, another one that came in. I, I think Alan has said, this is lovely as well. This Valentine's Day, just a few weeks ago, we were surprised as a family with a takeaway dinner and a bottle of wine delivered from one of our neighbours. These are lovely surprises. Andrew, did you want to share um, one? Well, that I'll, your... I'll share one with me, but you've read some interesting stories there. But you know, for someone like me, the Andy Rotherham story is brilliant. I mean, John Otway, my goodness me. You've got no idea who that is, have you? No, no. <laughs> Look him up. Look him I up will. is all I'll say. But my goodness uh, me. Always. That's enough to retire on. Anyway, <laughs> my... my my surprise, I think, has been a number, but I think the one really was uh, uh, last year I had a birthday, significant birthday, and uh, um, a whole weekend was planned for me. It, it sounds like half the church community at LBC knew. I knew nothing about it. Um, and uh, just to, uh, uh, for my son and daughter to turn up in the middle of nowhere, in a way I wasn't expecting, fantastic. We had a great family weekend. So, uh, But there's been some others, but that's, that's the standout one for me, I think. Excellent. Uh, it was a great question to put forward. I'm sure others will have other stories to tell, but it relates so beautifully to this passage because of the surprising gift uh, that you have spoken about this morning. I have to say, of all the sermons that we've had on this series yet, if, you, if you've missed them, if you, I just, this is the one to, to listen and to re-listen to because it is so central to the, to the gospel message. It, you know, it might not be the complete gospel, but it is a focusing uh, on what is so important in our faith to recognize the extravagant gift of grace to each and every one of us. And I, there was a, something you said, and I wish I could have written it down quicker, but it, it was about not defining our relationship with God by our own endeavors, but by his action. And, 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 I, I, and that's a real problem here in this story because, you know, going back to what we've said in, in previous weeks, the, the original audience here were the religious elite, the people who thought they'd made it, they knew God and all, and yet they hadn't understood this basic fact. Mm. And, and that's why I think it's so important for those of us who are people of faith, perhaps those of us particularly who are people of faith who have been around the Christian faith for a long time. We need to hear that. 
It's not by yeah. who we do and when we turn up and what we do. It's about that whole offer of grace that maybe some have forgotten about. Yeah. Frankly, some have never really experienced. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 find it really difficult to understand and to recognise because it is so countercultural to to what we live in. We haven't spoken much in this series yet about this ring and this robe yeah. and these sandals. It's and coming. Feast. And it, it is coming. I know it's coming, but this is the beautiful entry into that um into that aspect of the service these gifts of grace that were above and beyond anything that the son could have expected or deserved i i just last you know last thing i, I guess i'll say to this because i think it just stands on its on itself but I, I remember as a as a teenager just coming to faith not really understanding the difference between mercy and grace and i was told that now famous thing that mercy is is not getting what you do deserve yeah in other words you know when we do stuff wrong we might expect a punishment and mercy is not getting what we do deserve and grace is getting what we don't deserve and those two things together beautifully harmonized together to uh, to show us and to demonstrate the extravagant generosity and love of our god I can't thank you enough for this message, Andrew. And if it was in the building at this moment, you and I would be saying to people, if this is something that you have not accepted before, please come and pray and allow us to pray with you. There's yeah, absolutely. never a greater privilege, is there, Andrew, no. ministry to, no, no, no. to pray with somebody that's got this message for the first absolutely. time. Absolutely. And um, I, I can remember preaching on this theme some years ago and and I could see the lights turning on in someone's eyes yeah. and 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 that's great i mean julie's made an interesting comment i don't know if we can henry or david or someone can flick that up for us uh here it goes you know she says this is julie who read the passage for us this yeah. morning sometimes i find it hard to get my head around the enormity of god's grace ah that's so true yeah it, it's, it's so a, true it and, is unfathomable you and know, you and i because we've got it yeah, sorry, Steve. You no, I was I, just going to sorry, go on over to you. <laughs> you and I, because of our different personalities, we'll, we'll see that from a different perspective. But that's important too, because we need to see it from our own multiple perspectives, depending on who we are. And, uh, and that's fine. And, and someone else will see it differently. The important thing is that we recognize it, really recognize it um, as, a, as, as a gift from God. Yeah, yeah. So please, you know, just because we're not in this building, just because we haven't got a prayer corner for you to come to, you, you can approach God as he approaches you um, wherever you are this morning. And I, I mean, Andrew, would it be too much to ask you to just pray perhaps for those who would have yeah, uh, and that sense I, of wanting to respond this morning? And I think the other thing, Steve, I would say is that, that those of us that, uh, or those folk that might be watching who are in contact with us in some way, if you want to, you know, pray with us down the telephone, we, we can't meet you in person at the moment. We're happy to do that. But let me pray. Father God, we just thank you for this wonderful little story that tells us so much about so about ourselves. We see ourselves in this story because that's what good stories should do. But we also recognize this wonderful gift of your grace that's offered to all of us. It doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter our, our race, our sexuality, our class. It doesn't matter who we think we might be or who we really are. It doesn't matter what we've done or haven't done. The issue is that you offer your love to each one of us. And all we need to do is to come and accept that with the, the repentance that goes with it for recognizing who we really are and then to understand 
your care and your grace for us. And because our personalities are different, we will experience that in different ways. But we thank you. May it not be seen as something that's for women only or for men only, for children or for older people. This is for us all. Help us to receive that, we pray. Amen. Amen. Angie, thank you so much. That was brilliant. Really wonderful. I think you have some um, some notices. On, on I do. Thanks, Steve. Well, folks, there's one or two notices inevitably that I uh, just need to bring to your attention, and they're going to hopefully appear on the screen. The first one is to let you know we're continuing to open the donation point in our church buildings for the uh, South End Food Bank. It's it was open this morning. It's just closed, um, but it's open on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Sundays, 10 till 11. Please continue to bring. Thank you for those that are continuing to support this. It's a fantastic thing that we're able to do. The next notice is about our LICC Learning Hub. The next learning event is coming up fast. It's on Saturday, the 13th of March uh, from 9 and 9.45 until uh, 1. Um, and we're enjoying uh, that with other folk from other churches. We'll hear a bit more in detail as we did last week, next week. But please do sign up for that. Uh, you can book in advance by going on to www.lrbc.org.uk forward slash box office and uh, as you go through that there's a donation uh, point as well please use that and then uh, you'll get the code and you'll be able to join with others on the day so uh, please do take note of that if you'd like to support us uh, and you don't do this already um, and you'd like to support us by the work we're doing with our community like the food bank and preschool and supporting other groups you can donate five pounds by texting lrbc to 70970 or to donate 10 pounds by texting lrbc to 70191 or you can donate any amount you like online on our website at www.lrbc.org.uk forward slash give after uh, our gathering this morning, there'll be a second gathering in our coffee room where a number of us are meeting just to talk and catch up. Last week, we had an amazing conversation about films. Goodness only knows what it might be this week. Uh, but do come and join us, see other folk perhaps you've not met before or folk that you haven't seen for a while. Bring a cup of coffee, a biscuit if you'd like, and uh, let's just chat and engage with one another. So that's immediately after this uh, gathering is finished. And then next Sunday, uh, March the 7th, we're going to continue uh, looking at this whole series of our extravagant God uh, as we continue to reflect on this fantastic little story of the two brothers. The other thing I just need to say is that we're hoping there'll be some news about us starting to have physical services uh, again on site. We're having some discussions some planning is putting through. So uh, watch out for what we might say uh, on these gatherings and also uh, on our midweek catch up and you'll be able to uh, have the latest information. So keep an eye open for that. And please subscribe on YouTube and share and uh, like us on Facebook and other things like that so that uh, others can start to uh, understand and engage with what it is that we're about to do and we're continuing to do. This um, final blessing then as we go, Ephesians uh, 2 verses 3 to 5 say this. We did all of it, all of us doing what we felt like doing. 
when we felt like doing it, all of us in the same boat. It is a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with a whole lot of us. Instead, immense in mercy and with an incredible love, he embraced us. He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. He did all this on his own with no help from us. So what can we do to express our gratitude as we go from this place? Micah 6 verse 8, probably my favourite verse in the Bible. O people, the Lord has told us what is good, and and this is what he requires of you, to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. May God bless you, you who are merciful, for you will be shown mercy. See you next week. Amen.